Welcome to the next episode of The Category Mistake. I am your host, Richard Mariello, and the clicking of claws that you hear behind me is Mr. Charlie getting comfortable. Uh, today, I am back downstairs, uh, hopefully, uh, without too many interruptions. Uh, we no longer have little people living with us, so it's a little quieter um, so far, <laughs> at least for today. And today I'm going to be talking about something that's a little different for me. Um, and this is because the last two months or so, I've had a lot of stuff going on medically with me. And I'm starting to appreciate more the people in my life. Uh, people in my life like my wife, my kids, the people that are my friends. And talking to people... I realize that um, over the years, I've not expressed my feelings in a way that not that everyone understands. Um, if you know me at all, and if you don't know me, that you, you'll know me more today than you ever have. Um, I'm sarcastic. I'm rough around the edges, and sometimes. I'm not really good at making my point about how I feel about things. Um, I think I'm making good points. I really do. I really feel like I'm making good points. I really feel like I'm doing really well with making good points. But, well, you know, the people who, you know, I'm making the points too well, they don't see it the same way. For a long time, I thought, it's them, not me. You know, they've got to toughen up or they've got to loosen up or they've got to just relax or they've got to understand me better and why do I have to change and blah, 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 blah. All the excuses that most people use. The problem I'm realizing with talking with people is for the last 20 plus years, I've used the same excuse. So I'm going to today, at least out to a few, I'm going to talk about you a little bit and why I'm proud of you and why I'm here today. Now, this is labeled to my children. Not everybody on this list is officially my child, and there are people who think they're my child that might not be on this list. Now, if you have spent time with me, and you have hung out at my house, and you feel like you're one of my kids, and I don't mention your name, it's not that I hate you. I don't love you. I, I don't respect the time we had together. It's honestly, I've got 14 people on this list already. And when I start going to the list, I'm like, wow, this is going to take forever. And I want to give the people on this list, and the people on this, most of them have spent a large amount of time with us or are still in our life today, no matter how long it's been. Um, some of them are my birth children. Some of them are my adopted children. Some of them are just, they call themselves my children, so they are. And they're in my life daily, weekly, monthly, hourly. And so I want to make sure I don't forget them 
So if I forget you, again, not on purpose, I don't hate you. I probably, it's probably far from that. Um, it's most likely just I ran out of time and things on paper. Because normally when I do this, I do not have notes. I just kind of wing it. I kind of just go, okay? Today, with the amount of what I'm doing and me making sure, me wanting to make sure that my point came across correctly, I wrote down some notes. Now, there's no order to this. If you're, well, I was the second one at your house. Why am I fourth on the list? I'm going to go in a sequence that makes sense to me. It doesn't have to make sense to anyone else because I'm the one speaking, right? Right. Okay. If I get emotional, well, I get emotional. We'll just have to live with it, right? All right. So I'm going to start with Josephine. I call her Mojo Jojo. Josie was my firstborn, so I guess in a way she can be number one. Um, and I'm checking her off the list now, so don't forget. Josephine was a special child from before she was even born. Um, my wife and I were not married. She got pregnant. Lots of people, mostly doctors, said that Josephine was going to be a troublesome pregnancy and she probably wasn't going to live very long. And because of that, we should terminate her before she became a a person in their eyes. My wife and I thought about it a lot. We cried. We prayed. We cried some more. We decided to keep Josie. When Josie was born, we found out that she was going to need skull surgery. She had skull surgery. She's still alive. 27 years later. All the doctors who told us all this craziness, they were wrong. Josie's whole life, most of Josie's life, has inspired me for how amazing she is. From a young age, she made friends with people who needed friends. If they were outcast, if they were different, if they were just needing someone to be stupid with, she was there. She also wasn't afraid of showing her faith, bringing people to church, and trying to save the world. A lot of the kids in this list came on this list because of Josie. Some of them came because of other kids, but Josie started this. In the last 10 weeks, Josie has gone through a lot in her life. She's had to change homes, change locations of living, change living arrangements. She's had to go from being a housewife whose whole job it was to take care of her child to having to find a job, having to find a new place to live, having to take care of herself. 
And because of that, she has struggled. Mentally, physically, spiritually. Now, I can't get into all the details, but what I can say is none of this is something she did. She got into a situation that the only way out was to run and get away and to start over with my grandson, who's three. That was her only option. As parents, we supported her. But as a dad, I think I expected her to bounce back, to flip a switch and just be the old Josie again, to land on her feet and be perfectly fine. Her entire life changed. And I expected her to change back to normal, in my mind, normal, in a day. Not the smartest thing I could have done or felt. But I always expect that from her because she's always just done it. And the troubling part is I get upset because, with my kids mostly and other people, because... They expect me to do things because I've always just done it. And I did the same to her. And I'm sorry for that. I know she's gone through a lot, and she's going through a lot, and she's going to go through more. But I'm proud of her. I'm proud of her because she was given an impossible scenario. And no matter what decision she made in that scenario, there was no winning. It was how badly are you going to lose? You're either going to lose a little or a lot. I'm proud of her because through all of her life, she has always thought of the people around her and how to make them better and how to take care of them. She's a good mother. She does not parent the way I do. That probably makes her a better mother. Um, But she cares about human beings and she cares about the people around her. And she wants what's best for people. Her and I are so similar. Sometimes we drive each other crazy. I expect her to just snap and fix and be done. She expects me to snap, be fixed, and be done. Neither one of us can do that in the capacity that we used to. And that's a bad thing, I guess. But it's also a good thing that we're realizing it. But I'm proud of her because, you know, I've been married for 27, almost 28 years. I've had kids, kids, kids. 
I've never had to go through what she's gone through. I've always had support. My wife has always been there. And even when she had things going on and I was gone for a year, she knew and I knew that we would be back together again and things would get better. It was a short-term loss for a long-term gain. Hers is a long-term loss and she's got to make a long-term gain out of it. So I'm proud of her for that. She could have curled up in a ball, sat in a quarter, rocked back and forth, and just said, woe is me, poor pitiful me, everyone hates me, but she didn't. She's never given up on things, and that's what makes me proud of her. The next one I'd like to speak about is Morgan. Morgan Stein, Morganville, Morgana. So Morgan was a friend Josie met. When Morgan was like seven, Josie was like five, and I was in the army. I wasn't home. So Josie needed a best friend who could write me letters. Now, Morgan and Josie were... Morgan grew up with us. We went to places Morgan went with us. I've talked about her before. If you want to listen back, figure it out. But Morgan was special to us enough to where when we went to Florida, she went with us. When camping went with us. When we did any family activity for about a 10-year period, she was there. And then she went away for a little bit. She vanished. But she started to come back. Now, here's the thing that is good about Morgan, or makes me proud about Morgan. I'm proud of Morgan. Here we go. When Morgan was about 16-ish, she had a lot of things going on in her mind, I bet. She didn't tell me this. I mean, I'm just guessing. She went to college for like a year. But what she realized is that the life she was living was not the life that she wanted to be. It's not the Morgan she wanted to be. So instead of going through the motions, going to college for all four years, becoming somebody that she didn't want to be, she stopped. And she decided no more. No mas. Done. I'm going to do what I want to do. Morgan expressed how she felt about things. Morgan expressed how she felt different. Morgan expressed how certain things didn't add up in her mind the way that it used to. She also expressed that her life was going on a different path than what she thought it would be. But for a while, I think she was nervous to tell us. And I think she was nervous to tell me because she thought it would be disappointing in her. 
and this will be a common theme, I think, tonight. Um, I somehow come across as someone who hates to be disappointed and doesn't like things. And if you do things a certain way, I'm going to hate you for it or I'm going to be upset with you. And that's a fault of my own. I don't know how I've come across that way, but I have. The only time I'm disappointed in my children is when they're not their real person. When they're faking it to make it. I would rather have somebody, that's one of my kids, be who they should be, be who they're supposed to be. And fake it because they, they're trying to live up to something that I want them to be. I think for a long time, Morgan was trying to live up to a life that she thought her parents and others wanted her to be. But about, let's say 14 years ago now, not 14 years, oh gosh, 2013, so like nine years ago, I don't know what year it is. She, I think she stopped caring and she started thinking, what is best for me? And because of that, she's much happier now. She's much more calm in her own skin. She understands who she is, who she wants to be in the path of her life. Is it a path that I completely understand? No. Will I ever understand it? Probably not. Will I still love her forever for it? She's one of my kids. I'll love her forever. Doesn't matter what she does, what she becomes, who she marries, what she marries, if she marries, if she has kids, if she has no but kids, if she marries somebody with kids, that doesn't matter. What matters is at the end of the day, Morgan, are you happy with who you are? If so, I'm proud of you. That's it. Boom, done. Check in the mail. Okay? That's all I want. And, and I'm realizing more and more that I've never, even though I'm thinking it in here, I guess I've never put it out to you guys in a way that you'll understand. So I'm trying it a different way. Okay? Okay. Next kiddos is a two-for-one special. Um, siblings. Emmy and April. Emmy and April. Well, Emmy came to the house. She was friends with Morgan, then became friends with Josie. Then April came because Emmy was at our house, and April and Josie shared a room. <sighs> In the back shed, it was... We fixed up the back shed, turned it into a room. It was a hot mess. We had a lot of kids in our house at one time. And for the longest time, Emmy and April had this demeanor of trying to make everyone happy. And it was killing them. Emmy traveled around the country trying to make people happy and finding herself 
April kept trying, I don't know, she, she was very loyal to her family, which is good, but she was loyal to a point where, in my mind, she never told me this, in my mind, she was killing who she was or is to make her family see her for who they think she should be. Hopefully that made sense to somebody. April and Emmy, for the longest time, were worried about what mom thought, dad thought, and siblings thought, and these people thought, and those people thought. And they never asked themselves, what do I think? What do I want? Then again, a light clicked. And all of a sudden, we're getting a call about April getting married. And we went to the wedding. It was beautiful. And April no longer was under the control of anybody else but herself and her husband. And now their daughter. And when that happened, April's demeanor of, I'm happy, went from fake, I'm happy to, I'm content. I'm okay. Talking to her after she got married, she has a different, she had a different body language, a different tone, different aura. She just seems happy. Now, when you're married and have kids, there's always days where you're not happy. There's always days where crazy things happen. I'm not saying, you know, she's living sunshine lollipops, okay? But she's happy. She's not worried about what I think, what you think, what your great on Heidi thinks. She doesn't care. She cares about, <clears throat> I'm April. This is my husband. These are my kids. This is my child. Like it or not, this is who I am. And I love it. I love it a lot. Okay, I do. What I like is for April to rub off on other people, but that's a whole different animal. Emmy's the same thing. So Emmy traveled, 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 trying to find... For a while, it felt like Emmy was trying to find the right man to make everybody happy. Emmy, no man will make everyone happy. No woman will make every man happy. Everyone happy, okay? It doesn't matter what makes me happy. What matters is what makes you happy. And your husband makes you happy. And your child makes you happy. When I talk to you, you're calm. You're collected. You're patient. You know your role and you like your role. You're not trying to find something else. You like what you're doing, you're doing it, and you're happy. And I think that's something that we can't say enough that's positive. You two girls, for the longest time, I always thought were trying to make so many people happy that you were miserable. 
You're not doing that anymore. At least not that I can see. I mean, I don't see your lives every day. I mean, Emmy lives in the middle of nowhere. Um, but they're happy. And you're happy. You know what? I'm ecstatic. And I'm proud of you. You could have gone down a path that was very negative, really, really negative. You could have gone down a path that could have just kept the cycle going that you grew up in. But instead, you fought to do something else. And that was amazing. Amazing. Next is Katrina Marie Savoy. Yes. KK. Katie lived with us for quite a while. Katie came to us because her and my daughter Josie wrestled together in junior high. Yes, girls were wrestling back in the, even back in the, you know, early 2000s. And she would hang out a lot. And then she just kind of moved in, was one of our first foster kids, official foster kids. And Katie, Katie has some struggles. She struggles with a lot of things. But here's one thing she doesn't struggle with. She's loyal. If Katie says she's going to come help you, she'll do everything in her power to come help you. If Katie says, I'm going to do something to help you, she'll do it. But not only that, she says, you know, she tells you she'll be there or she won't do or da, da, da. she she's loyal. She 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 might not always make the best choices. But when she makes good choices, they're really good choices. Katie left us when I was deployed. She went to move and lived with my mother. Um, Katie were, was making bad choices. And it was hard to for Lynn to balance her bad choices and the health of the family. So she moved to my mother. Now, I love my mother. My mother is a home for lost children that we can't even deal with. But Katie fell in love with being over my mother's. My mom would let, tell her, okay, Katie, we need to do the barn today. Katie would do it. Katie, we need to go do errands today. Katie would do it. No matter what task or job, she wouldn't complain. She would just do it. And that's sounds, well, that's really easy. Just to do. But really, if you think about it, it's not. How many of us want to go clean out stalls in a barn every day? Not for money, just because it makes your grandmother happy. How many of us want to go get hay or do other activities? Not for pay, 
just because it makes your grandmother happy. Katie hasn't always made me ecstatic. Katie hasn't always made me happy. Katie hasn't always made me think, boy, she's got her head on straight. Okay? As the alarm cars rumbling in the background. But I know that if I call Katie, if I text Katie, she'll answer. It could be 3 in the morning, 12 in the afternoon. If I call, she'll answer. If I say, Katie, we have a problem, I need you, she'll be there. And maybe I'm proud of her because, you know, that's kind of the way I am. I answer my, it drives my wife crazy, but I answer my phone no matter what time of day it is. I always try to be there for people. I put myself out there way more than physically I should. But I always do. Which makes me proud. Because, you know, not everyone does that. Next few are going to be kind of fast, I think. Cindy. Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. Cindy laughed like a gerbil. Or a guinea pig, sorry. Lap like a guinea pig. Cindy, again, was very much, in my mind, like an April and an Emmy. She was really worried about making everybody happy with her life choices. Cindy, if you ever listen to this, I'm happy with your choices no matter what they are. Will I understand all of your choices? Nope. Will I still love you anyway? Absolutely. Will I think your laugh drives me bananas? Absolutely. Will I still love the time when you laugh? Yep. I'm not going to say absolutely again. It's just too much. Cindy was a kiddo we met through youth group at church. We'd come over. She was taller than most of all my other kids. She was happy, but when she was happy, she was really happy. When she was upset, she was really upset. There was no middle ground at that time. But Cindy's life was wacky and weird. She had her church life. She had her Mariella life. And then she had her home life. And none of them matched. Her church life and the Mariola life were close, but her home life wasn't. And she's one of those kiddos who was trying to balance three different lives at the same time to make everyone happy. And she couldn't do it. She did it, but she didn't. It was exhausting for her. And I'm surprised she was able to do it as well as she did. But you know what? Now... You see her on Facebook because, you know, she lives on the other side of the world. But when you look at her, you think to yourself, she actually is happy. She actually is okay. And that's a good thing. 
and I'm very happy for her because, you know, being happy is okay. Being content is okay. It seems like sometimes in the world we, we, have, we have to be perfect or everything has to be great. You don't. You just have to be okay and be happy. And I'm so glad that Cindy is. I really am. Tabitha, Tabitha, Tabitha. So Tabitha, we met when she was born. My wife was her mother's Lamaze coach. So we have literally known her her whole life. And Tabitha, again, has had a very weird, different lives. So she lived with her mother, then with her grandmother, then with us. She went to college. Went to a different college. Moved down to Texas with her brother. And now lives without her brother. Tabitha, I think, and Tabitha, you can tell me if I'm wrong, I think is on the path of Emmy. Tabitha is trying to find who she really is and what makes her actually happy. I'll never understand Tabitha's choices. She's made some pretty crazy ones. I'll never understand her fascination with people who don't love her or don't show her the love that she needs. But she understands. I don't. Being, in my mind, being loved when it's convenient for those people to love you isn't love. Being there for somebody when they're broken down on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere or when they've done something stupid and they're scared or when they have an issue at college and they need to come home and you want to yell, but you don't because you know they're beating themselves up more than you could ever do. That's Tabitha. No matter how angry I could get at Tabitha, I know she's more angry at herself. Now I'm proud of her because she's finally out in the world, hopefully, finding herself the right way. Because, you know, living at mom and dad's house or your brother's house or in a small college world is great. But it's really hard to figure out who you are if everyone's there to save you. And right now, there's no one there to save her. So I'm proud of you making that leap. I haven't liked all the leaps you've made, but I'm proud of you for making them anyway. There's two kids, and I'm not going to say their names, but if you've been part of our family for any time or listened to me at any time, there's two kiddos who 
One came to us when he was four, and the other one came to us when he was born. The other one, she came to us when she was born. Well, two days later. They're siblings. These kids have had a weird life. The oldest one grew up for the first four years of his life in a horrible place. Horrible. I mean, he knows that I've talked to him about it. It's not like I'm hiding it from him. He grew up in a horrible place, and that's not fair. Then it came to us. And in our family, we kind of absorb people. If you're willing, you just kind of get swept up into the Mariello-ness of the world. We just kind of absorb you. And he got absorbed fully. And his sister came to us a couple months later. And she never grew up in the crazy. She only grew up in the Mariello and then her new family. But see, these kids are still part of our lives. They're part of our lives because when the new family adopted them, they kept us part of their lives for his sake, the older kid's sake, to start. But that was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, on April 28th, he came to us. So 2012 came to us. And little kid didn't know his alphabet, didn't know it. He was four, didn't know much. He's going into high school now. He plays baseball. He's pretty smart. He's loyal. He's friendly. He's amazing. He has a kind heart. And though he knows where he came from, he doesn't want to go back to that. But he appreciates that he came from that to where he is now. And he loves the fact that there's so many people out there that care about him. My kids call them brother and sister. They call them. Those two call our kids their brother and sister. It's just always been that way. And I'm thankful because the adoptive family didn't stop them from doing that. They could have. We have no legal rights to these kids. But my heart needs them. My kids, my wife, these kids will always be part of us, no matter where they are. And no matter how cranky we are or their parents are, at the end of the day, we're all there for each other. And it's true. I mean, we've had times where we've just had a crappy week and we haven't communicated clearly. And, you know, their family has gone through a lot in the last couple of years. And there's been times where they've been cranky too. But these kids have never gone without, and it's amazing. 
he has a spirit of giving. He's kind. He's nice. He's happy. He's amazing. She's nine. And she cares a lot about people. She also cares a lot about the world. And she has a kind heart towards those who aren't kind. (laughs) There's been kiddos around her that have said mean things, not just to her, but to other people. And she cares about them. She's trying to help them. They could be the meanest people in the world. I got to help them. I think that's Josie's fault. I'm going to blame Josie for that one. Because Josie was very similar as a kid. But she's nine, and I cannot wait to see how she's going to change the world. And he is 14, and he's going to change the world because, well, when you're that positive, you can't do much but change people, change lives. Callie is next. Now, Callie is new to us. She's new to us. We've known her for a while, but she's new to our family. And Callie struggles very similarly, similarly to a Cindy situation, I think. She has her old family, her new family, us, the church family. Trying to balance those three are really difficult. And someday she's really good at it. Someday she knows, if I want to be part of this new family, I need to slow down on this, the old family, because my new family and my church family are trying to get me where I need to be. and My old family likes me where I was. But then sometimes she slips back. But, you know, here's the thing. Callie knows what she wants in the end. It's just getting there. But I'm proud because she could just give up. Our family is not easy. If you've been part of our family, you know it's not easy. We have a lot of moving parts. We have a lot of loud noises around us. We don't get invited many places. We're just a handful. She could have chosen to stay in the old. But she knew the old isn't as healthy for her as the new. I don't know if I could have made the same choice. At her age, I don't know. I made the choice to change that dynamic when I was younger. Than she is. I chose when I was 14 years old. She's in her 20s. She's lived a pretty full, crazy life. But I'm proud because now she's seen what she wants, how she wants it. And she knows that if she wants it, she has to work for it. And will she make bad choices in the next year? Absolutely. Will she learn from those mistakes? 
and be better. I believe she will. And that's why I'm proud of her and who she's becoming. Now, let's see. I've got one, two, three left. I hope. Bobby Jean. Bobby Jean I met once before I deployed to Afghanistan that I know of. She might tell you twice, three times. I don't know. I remember once. And I get her confused. I used to get her confused with another kid that's not her. And that used to really upset her. But Bobby Jean, um, when I was deployed, I got an email saying, hey, you need to Skype me like yesterday. So I Skyped my wife and she's like, okay. So I'm at the hospital. Okay, what for? Bobby. Okay, like I was trying to picture Bobby Jean. Okay, not great at picturing because this was like one in the morning my time. Um, and she said, Bobby's grandmother is wrote us out and basically wants us to take custody of Bobby. Like, oh, Bobby Jean's grandmother has cancer and she'd like us when she passes away to have Bobby. Like, okay. I didn't say, well, isn't there somebody else? No. I said, okay. I'm not going to fight with my wife. No, not working on that one. Mostly because if she's saying this to me, it's that's just got to happen. There's no gray area. Bobby had a growing up lifestyle very confusing probably to anyone, but she made it work. She grew up with her grandmother and her sister and her brother, and they didn't have a lot. Bobby got hurt a lot. She, like, hurt her foot, twisted her ankle. She had a lot, but her grandmother wouldn't let her do a lot of things because she would hurt herself. But Bobby and Jeremiah were friends at school. And I guess we rub off on people. But when I got home, it was about five months after Bobby's grandmother passed away. Four months. Four months or five months. Anyway. When I got home, I met Bobby for real in person and the moment I saw her I knew she was ours so I got home January 12th 2012 saw the kids January 13th I surprised them whole thing um I met Bobby that night it was at a play a school play um, it was amazing when I met her and afterwards and the kids were all bubbly and happy and it was crazy time um, that night I talked to my wife and said okay what's the plan with Bobby she said well we have custody of her and we need to decide Within a week, we were at the courthouse doing paperwork to adopt Bobby. We adopted Barbie, Bobby March 7th of that year. Now, if you've ever done adoption, 
of a non-adult, which we've done adults to, um, three, really two and a half months is not a lot of time. We pushed it through. We're like, we need to do this. We did it. One of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Now, has Bobby always made me happy-go-lucky? Nope. Here's what Bobby is good at. This is her biggest strength and her biggest weakness at the same time. She's passionate to an extreme level. She wears her heart, not on her sleeve, but like everywhere. Bobby will cry at the drop of a hat. And I'm not saying, oh, she's going to cry because, you know, a squirrel was crossing the road and got hit by a car. No. If something makes her emotional, she does not shy away from her emotions. And that's a good thing, people. She married a good man. He's very emotional, too. But here's the thing. Bobby growing up with us could have gone down the same path as her real family, as her bio family. She could have taken the easy way out. Because we asked her, do you want us to adopt you? We've asked that of all of our kids that we've adopted. It's always been a choice for them to make. We will do it. We want to do it. We wanted to adopt Bobby, but we asked her. She could have said no. Turn 18, get out of the house, never see her again. She didn't do that because she knew at that moment she could break the chain that her family had been going through and she could start a new tradition, a new thing for her. She was going to grow up, become an active adult, try to help change lives, get married, have kids, and be there to support them. Her grandmother was there to support her, but her mother wasn't. She wanted to be, and still wants to be, someone her grandmother will be proud of, but not in a negative way. She knows that her grandmother did the best she could with what she had. She knows that we did the best we could with what we had. We didn't always have the most money or the most anything. But we gave 100% to our kids. And that's what her grandmother did. And she wants to do the same. Because she's got a lot of family, quote unquote, that have made some really bad life choices. And because of that, their kids, I wouldn't say are worse for wear, their kids 
don't have the opportunity to break that cycle. And she's doing that. She's giving her child an opportunity to be amazing. And with her as a mom, the child will probably be amazing. Let's be honest. That child will be the most feeling, caring, loving child you'll probably ever meet in your life. And that's okay. <clears throat> I sometimes joke around, you know, about my son-in-law and his, him crying and Bobby being emotional, but we need people like that in this world because their compassion is what keeps us from killing each other over dumb things. <clears throat> now I've got three left. I didn't forget one. I just had, I didn't know how to do one. So I just came mentally prepared for this one. All right. Next is Victoria. So Victoria is Katie, the earlier Katie. That's her sister. Um, and Vicky, if you listen to this and I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I'm fine with it. Um, but Vicky didn't care for us much when we had Katie. She didn't seem to like us much. I think she thought um, there had to be something wrong with us because we took we had a lot of kids around and we didn't ask for much and we just kind of did our thing. Um, but I think Vicky got older and she decided she wanted to finish high school because she had gotten her GED, but she needed her high school diploma to join the army. And she asked if we could help with that. So she lived, moved in with us for a little bit <clears throat> to do that. And when she moved in with us, um, our relationship changed. I really felt like she started seeing us for who we actually are as people who care about the well-being of others. We've all, we're all from different places. It doesn't matter if you were one of my birth kids or top kids or kids' kids or neighbors of kids or friends of kids. We all come from different places. What I think is normal probably isn't normal to you. What I think is crazy, you probably think is normal. It's okay. I think it was hard for Vicky at first to see that, but spending time with us, I think she finally started to understand that. Then about, gosh, five years ago now, um, well, she got married before that. Um, five years ago, she became pregnant, and we were super proud. We're like, you know, whatever um, you want us to be, we'll be that. If you want us to be Meme and Pop Pop, if you want us to just be Uncle, if you want us to just be Richard and Lynn, we will do whatever you want. And um, she asked us if we had a doctor. Now, we didn't change. She was married, so she's an adult. I get that. But she asked if we'd adopt her. And I'm like, yes. Yes. I mean, it's weird, but we'll do it. Yes. So we adopted her. 
And what's funny is our relationship has gotten even better since then. Um, now, have we had arguments? Absolutely. Is there times we don't agree with each other? Absolutely. Why? Because she's 30 and she's an adult and she has a child and she's married and she has a life and she sees things differently than us. Does that mean we hate each other when we argue? No, God, no. When I do talk to her, when we both talk to her, when we went and visit her, it is some of the happiest times of my life. I'm proud of this woman because she didn't just, oh, those people are crazy. She didn't just, I have a GED, that's all I'm going to ever do in my life. She didn't just, I'm going to stay here and do the same thing I've done forever. She saw her problems. She says, I can fix them if I do A, B, and C. She did A, B, and C, and she fixed them. Has there been no problems since? No, there's been problems. Everyone has problems. But she has met every problem, every challenge, every hurdle with grace, with poise, which is kind of like grace, with stubbornness, with passion, with love, the only way she could. You see, Vicky, when she comes to a problem, she doesn't see it as, I'm going to fail or this is too much. She might for a day. She might do the, you know, all of us have that poor, pitiful me thing. All of us do. Okay. Everyone I know does. I'm assuming everyone does. She has that, but then she's like, okay, how do I fix it? Everything from, you know, an army life that is not productive for your mental well-being to parents who don't agree on everything, to siblings who are stupid, to birth parents who make you go crazy. She doesn't just put her head in the sand and say, I don't see it, I don't understand it, I don't, whatever. She says, how can I fix this problem? And she tries to fix it. I'm also proud of her because her children are amazing. And one of her children were going was going through a struggle. And she stood up for that child. She was attack mom for that child. And that child, I don't think, had any idea, maybe she did, any idea, I think, of the amount of compassion and momitude Vicky helped or did with her. When Vicky told us about the problem with the child, she didn't say, well, you know, whatever, or no big deal, or no, she's like, we're going to, this is the problem. She asked some advice from us, but she's like, 
I want to do that, da 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 because we're going to support this. And we're going to fix it. We're going to make sure it's, you know, it's good for this child. It doesn't matter what this person thinks or this person thinks. It's what's best for this child. You want? Bravo. I mean it. Attack moms get a bad name. And some of them should get a bad name. But attack moms who attack because people are making their child not safe or unsafe or making their child mentally in a place they don't belong, you go. Bite, scratch, rip, whatever you need to do. Protect your child. Protect them from the dumbness of others. Please. Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the easiest labor. Easiest, not the easiest labor. Easiest pregnancy. Easiest first two years. But then Jeremiah went all Jeremiah. And if you've been in this family, Jeremiah is like a verb, an adverb, an adjective. All at the same time, he's he's special. Jeremiah was given some challenges in his life, mostly which was his hearing. In his grades, but his hearing is one he couldn't fix. Um, he had hearing aids, didn't want to wear them, made him feel conscious, subconscious. I don't know, whatever the word is. So he went through school struggling to hear because he refused to deal with the stupidness of hearing aids. Now he has hearing aids, but that's okay. He now knows that they're beneficial. But when Jeremiah was about to graduate high school, he wanted to join the army. I try to talk them out of this, just so you know. Um, But he had to do a lot to graduate because he had some slim years in high school where he wasn't exactly the best student in the world. But you know what? He did it. He graduated on time. He joined the Army. He joined the Army. He deployed. Went to Afghanistan. Saw a lot of stupid. Um, got home. Got married. Changed bases got out of the army and now he I think is still planning on going to college in the fall I think that's the plan last time I knew every one of those steps from 11th grade to now every one of those things that happened to him he could have quit when they said you have to take extra classes to graduate high school could have quit when he got in the army, and at first his hearing was bad, but we got it through it. He could have quit. When he deployed to Afghanistan, got home, had a lot of crazy crap happen in Afghanistan. Could have left. No one would have cared. His hearing got worse. Could have quit. Got married, moved to Texas, changed bases. 
he could have just said, I'm done with the army. Me and my wife are going to live here. We're just going to do whatever. We don't care. Instead, he has pushed himself to do more and more, to do better and better. Now, him and I have dealt with our stressors from our deployments differently. Some of which worries me about him, but I became a work-ish aholic. It doesn't mean I work 80 hours a week, but what it means is I stay busy all the time. Having downtime is hard for me. Jeremiah has done other things. It took me a long time to realize my struggle, and I'm trying to work on getting better at that. And I think Jeremiah, once he gets to his new place, will do the same. Um, but being around army people all day, every day, can get a little stressful on you anyway. But I'm proud of him because he could have gotten out and just gotten a quick little job with his army career, check a few boxes, get a job, be happy, da-da-da-da. But he's always wanted to work with animals. And now he's going to be going to school to work with animals. I'm also proud of him because growing up, he was always the wild child. You know, he was the one that we were always worried about. He was the one that um, <laughs> we were worried we're gonna, was going to end up with the police at our house, you know, dropping him off. But he never turned into that kid. He got angry at me a lot, and he started liking the Yankees. I'm a Red Sox fan. He would wear pink. He would do lots of things that tick me off. But when push came to shove, he respected me, and he knew what I was doing was best for him. I'm proud of Jeremiah because he could have just quit. Quit high school, quit the army, quit his marriage. Quit on everything. I know a lot of guys who have. They end up in a shack somewhere in the middle of nowhere talking about the zombie apocalypse. He didn't do that. He found a nice woman. She's a little energetic, just like him. Cares about him and respects him. He was in the military long enough to where he can use that college stuff and actually get a life that makes him happy and content. Proud of him for that. That takes a lot of work. I know. It takes a lot of work. And I'm very proud of him. Last one is Josh. Josh is my youngest birth child. Who, to be honest, has the most struggles with reality in life. Josh has... um, 
challenges that he doesn't tell the world about because he doesn't want them to treat him differently. In 2019, Josh went to college, got a girlfriend. In 2020, he says, I'm going to explore and be more open and be more out there and try to be a better person and become more. And then the pandemic hit. And everything he wanted to do was shut down. Everyone came home from colleges, no stay on campus. Everything was remote learning. All of his siblings came home who were in college. All the activities he wanted to do outside were canceled. Life just stopped. In the last year, Josh has tried to go back to school. Josh has tried to get his life back to pre-2020. But see, Josh has a hard time doing that. And that's because... He doesn't know how to start. He doesn't know where to start. He knows this. he wants to get to point B, but he doesn't know where point A is. The other day I was talking to him, and we talked about this, and he rightfully said that. Have you ever talked to your parents as an adult? At least for me, it's really hard to admit when to your parents that you're struggling with something as simple as starting. It's like, Dad, I just, I want to do this. But how do I get this to start before I can get here? It takes a lot of courage. You see, Josh could have so many people helping him, but he doesn't want those people to treat him differently. He wants to be treated like everybody else. The problem with being treated like everybody else when you're like him, though, is... If people don't know you have a problem, they think you're being rude or you don't care or other things. And for him, that's a struggle because he cares a lot, but he doesn't show it. But I'm proud of him because this week he talked about, I need to do this. I need to go back to doing this. I need to go back doing this. He wants to do it. He's starting a new job tomorrow. He's changing a lot of things in his life to be better. And I'm very proud of him for that. Because you know, most of Josh's life has been baby Josh. His siblings have kind of treated him differently. We've treated him differently. But he's never taken that, taken advantage of that. He's never like gotten away with anything. He doesn't break the rules. He doesn't do what he's not supposed to do. He always tries to do the right thing. 
And that's a hard thing. He doesn't drink because, well, he doesn't like it. He doesn't curse because it's not needed. He doesn't speed because he shouldn't. I'm proud of him because he, he, he has a path he wants to follow and he's going to follow it. And he's not going to cheat his way there. If he fails, he'll try again, but he's not going to cheat to get there. I'd probably cheat to get there. But he doesn't. He doesn't want to do that. So that's it for today. <clears throat> that's all my kids on my list. Now, there are other kids. I know there is. Okay. There's some kids, there's some students, there's some people. I know. And I'm sorry if I forgot you. And if you're one of the people I listed and you don't like what, like, what I said, I'm sorry about that too. Because I'm not trying to miss, you know, not see you. I'm not trying to forget who you are. I'm not doing any of that. It literally is just, um, I probably forgot or I didn't have time because it's already over an hour. Thank you all for listening. Um, I'm proud of all of you. I'm proud of who you become. Because some of you had some really crappy lives. But you've made choices. You've made decisions to be better than what ga- the, the world gave you. The world gave you, you know, piles of crap and you made a building and it's beautiful. Some of you had no parents. Some of you wish you had no parents. And now you're amazing parents. You broke the cycle and you did amazing. It's a good job. Much love. Till next time, guys. This is Richard Mariella with Category Mistake. Have a beautiful day.